The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Well, welcome to Ambassador Baptist Church this morning as we kick off our brand new message series campaign entitled 40 Days in the Word. I'm excited to see what God's going to do over the upcoming weeks. Uh, Throughout the series, we're going to be covering several different topics uh, entitled uh, Why We Can Trust the Bible, looking at the different ways that we can take in Scripture. We're going to be looking at how we can make a difference in other people's lives uh, using Scripture and many other different topics, looking at the Word of God, and I'm excited to see all that God is going to do. Now, every week on your way in, you're going to receive a weekly guide. And inside that weekly guide, there are seven days worth of scripture material that you can work through so that you can spend time in the Word of God. That uh, material will include your sermon notes, has your connection group Bible study guide right in there. Uh, There's a weekly memory verse, so every week we as a church can be memorizing the same scriptures together. Uh, There's several devotionals that include scripture and reflection and prayer. And there's also a Bible reading plan. So us as a church together, we're going to be reading the book of John and Romans all as a group over the next 40 days. And I'm excited to see how God's going to use this in our hearts as we are intentional about connecting with him through the word of God. Now, I don't know about you, um, but every time I set out to be intentional, um, we do these things and then we set out with the best intentions. And then if you're human, and that's all of us, right? You'll have one of those mornings where you go to bed the night before with all the best intentions, and then maybe the kids keep you up all night. That's like my stage of life right here. I have three children, and they think it's okay to sleep in the day and not at night. It's horrible. Um, Maybe that'll happen, or maybe you'll have a late night at work, or maybe, you know, the alarm goes off, and you don't get up, or something like that happens. And if we're not careful, uh, crazy days like that can really derail our momentum as we're trying to build the habit of building the Word of God into our lives. And, and I promise you, over the next 40 days, you'll probably have one of those days. So just let me encourage you. As the craziness of life happens, and it will, uh, don't let that derail you from connecting with God through the Word of God. Don't let the craziness of life, even if you know you oversleep, like, oh man, I don't, I don't have that time. Well, try to find some time throughout the day, even if it's just for a minute or two, to connect with God in the Bible. Maybe it's while you're waiting in line, you can open up a Bible app and read some verses. Maybe it's on your lunch break, you can take some time there. Or maybe you say, I'm going to read in the evening when I have a little bit more freely time that I can work with. Uh, whatever it is, take the time to connect with God through the scriptures. Now, let me also encourage you to be intentional these next coming 40 days. Rearrange your schedule a little bit so that you can be intentional about soaking in the Word of God in your life. Now, on the last Sunday, Sunday, October 22nd, we're going to be wrapping up this campaign. We're going to have a celebration ceremony for everybody in the church that spent 40 days in the Word together. So let me encourage you, each day, make it a, make it a priority. Say, I'm going to spend some time today connecting with God through the scriptures. And on October 22nd, we're going to celebrate everybody that did that together. Now, let me also encourage you with this. As you're reading the book of John or the Romans or the devotionals, if there's a particular scripture uh, that sticks out to you and God really uses it to speak to your heart, let me encourage you to share that on social media. We have the church Facebook group. Uh, every, most of us have our own Facebook page. How many of you, you would agree there's a lot of nasty stuff out there on social media with everything going on in the world? Let's just fill it up with some good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let me encourage you, as you're doing that, as you're posting your scripture, use the hashtag 40DITW. It stands for 40 Days in the Word. This will just help encourage us as a church. It'll encourage our friends and kind of keep each other accountable a little bit as we spend time over the next 40 days using the scripture. I'd like to encourage you now to take your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 and stand with me as we read the Word of God this morning. If you are physically able, 
2 Timothy 3.16. If you're visiting with us on your way in, you should have received a welcome guide. On the back, there's a connection card that you can fill out. You'll have a chance to turn that in later in the service. In your 40 Days in the Word weekly guide, there's an outline that you can use to follow along through the message this morning. We're going to read 2 Timothy verses, or chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. What is it profitable for? It's profitable for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, that the woman of God, that the Christian may be perfect, Truly furnished unto all good works. Welcome to the first day of our 40 Days in the Word campaign. I'm super excited about this. I believe the Lord's going to use it not just in our individual lives, but in the lives of our church corporately to really mature us, to get ourselves rooted uh, in the Word of God, and I believe some wonderful, exciting things are going to flow uh, out of the next 40 days. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you getting off to a solid start this morning. We had a great time at the 9.30 service, a good group of folks going to be involved in this campaign, and I'm praying that many of you will choose to join us as well over the next 40 days of spending time studying the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, reading the Word of God and really allowing God's Word to saturate our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Uh, how many of you are um, readers? You just, you actually, you're, you're one of the weird ones who enjoy reading. Raise your hand, all right? Raise your, okay, you can enjoy, enjoy reading. How many of you, how many of you who read, you're a, you like to read fiction? How many of you are fiction readers? And a couple of fiction, how many nonfiction? Some of you like the nonfiction reading? All right, so kind of uh, split back and forth there. I, I have always kind of enjoyed reading. It was something that my parents instilled into me at a young age. And uh, when I was a kid, probably one of my favorite series to read was one called the Hardy Boys series. How many of you ever heard of Hardy Boys series? Well, okay, a few of you. For those of you who don't know, uh, there was a set of books called the Nancy Drew series, all right? And maybe some of you read Nancy Drew when you were growing up. Well, Hardy Boys was like the guy version of Nancy Drew, and these two brothers would try to solve these mysteries, and I would get so engrossed in them, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, my, 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 my dad didn't wasn't necessarily one of these to buy me everything I wanted every time I went to Walmart or Toys R Us, but it did feel like when, if we wanted books, then he would get us books, and uh, so I was thankful for that and really enjoyed it. In fact, on one occasion, I, I don't remember w what birthday it was, but uh, sometime during my teen years, 15, 16, 17 years old, I, I got a box uh, for my birthday, which is kind of actually a big deal in our family to get like a present, you know, that was so big. I was like, this is awesome, exciting stuff. And, and it was my birthday. I don't remember, maybe 15, 16 years old. And I ripped open the, the wrapping paper. I opened up the box. And inside this box was a uh, set of books. They were, they were theological commentary so I could study the Bible more deeply as a teenager. And I remember looking at those thinking, 
Uh, thank you. I guess I didn't know what to say. You know, pray, praise the Lord. You know, and and uh, but I from a, even from a teenager, my dad was giving me you know commentaries and and uh, you know books so I could study the Bible. It was always just something that was a, a part of our family. And even as I've gotten older, I've enjoyed reading. I uh, uh, for a long time I tried to read a book every week. It was kind of uh, my goal. And uh, then you know as different seasons of life hit, that's not always possible. I, I think the last time I counted, I have some. Somewhere between five and six thousand books that I own. I have a bunch of them. If you've ever been to my office, a lot of them there. I've got a lot at home. And then my wife actually makes me keep a ton of them in storage because she doesn't want them around the house. I just, I'm like a book collector. I love, I love reading, enjoying it, and uh, really have a great time just diving in and learning from different books. Uh, in fact, on several occasions, I'll, as I'm studying something, you know, uh, I'll, I'll read books on, on, sometimes I'll read books on, on two sides of a subject. If I'm trying to work my way through something and understand different, you know, concepts, and I'll, I'll read, I'll read a book from this angle, and then I'll, I'll read another author, uh, author who disagrees with that person, and I'll read them both and kind of, you know, kind of weigh out. Okay, what is, what does these things have to say? It was Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, who said, and he, he talked about how plumbers have their tools and carpenters have their tools, and and preachers' tools are his books. And so books have always been a really big part of my life, both on kind of a, uh, just a fun level, but also on a uh, kind of, uh, just as I'm studying and I'm reading and preparing for sermons, it's such a big part of my life. I remember one occasion I was given a book by a friend of mine, Mark Rasmussen, sent it in the mail, this is three or four years back, and uh, he'll, he'll send me a book here or there. And this particular book uh, was an autobiography, and uh, his name was Louis Zamperini. The book title was called Unbroken. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for years. Any, anybody read Unbroken or at least familiar with it? All right, if you haven't, and you're just looking for, you know, a great, interesting read, I promise you, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And it was sitting on my nightstand for a couple of days, and so one Saturday evening, I decided, you know what, as I was getting ready for bed, I was going to pull out this book and just kind of start reading it. You know, I'd heard a lot of good things about it, obviously, being on the bestseller list, uh, New York Times bestseller list for years. I knew it was going to be a, a good one, and I started reading it, this, the life story of this guy from World War II, and I got reading it, and I literally could not put it down. It was like a page turner, and I'm reading and going through it, and I promise you, if you're not read it, you'll, you'll want to read this one, and I'm going through it, and next thing I know, I look up, and it's like three in the morning, and I thought, man, I I got to preach in the morning. I don't know what to do. But I couldn't stop reading. And so I just kept reading. I literally read through the entire night, got up the next morning, you know, and just went to preach. It was, I just, it was engrossed in it. I loved it. And I always enjoy a really good book. But I say all that to say this, while there are good books in our world, there is only one the book. All right, and we're going to spend some time over the next six weeks to talk about this a little bit. John chapter number one, verse number one says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, notice this, and the word was God. Verse number 14 goes on to say, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Have you ever stopped to consider that the Bible, God's, that, G, that Jesus Christ, the uh, incarnation, that Christ was the personification of the Word? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was made flesh 
and dwelt among us. You see, this is more than just an archaic, ancient uh, collection of old writings. This is more than just uh, archaic wisdom from a bygone era. This is a living, breathing book that has the power to literally change lives. And this morning, I want to share with you some ways that the Bible can impact our lives in a sermon I've simply entitled, God's Word is Powerful. God's Word is Powerful. Now, if you stick with us for a few weeks, next time, next week, next Sunday, I want to speak on the subject that God's Word is Reliable. Because there are a lot of people in our world who doubt whether or not we can trust the scriptures. Is it trustworthy? Can I place my confidence in it? And so next week we're going to ask ourselves the question, is it reliable? Is it trustworthy? Can we place our confidence in God's word? And we're going to look to history. Uh, we'll look to archaeology. Uh, we'll spend some time just looking even uh, through to, to science to show us that, you know what? This book does have evidence that points to its authenticity. So don't miss next week, God's word is reliable. And then the following week, we'll spend some time looking at the fact that God's word is understandable, that we can truly understand God's work, a word. And we're going to share with you some tools and some resources so that you personally can get into the word of God and understand it. So we're going to look at God's word is understandable in a few weeks. And, and next week, we'll look at the fact that God's word is reliable. But today, would you give me the opportunity to spend a moment focusing on the subject that God God's word is powerful. And to do this, we're going to study these few verses together in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Now, to give you some background, Timothy was a young pastor. In fact, he was a a protege of the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul was young Timothy's uh, mentor, you could say. And so on one particular occasion, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, wrote out a letter to Timothy that was to encourage him and to help him in his ministry as a young man. And so we come to 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16, and, and this is what it says. It says, all Scripture... I want you to notice that not just some, not just most, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. You see, this book is more than just the writings of some prophets. It's more than just the teachings of some wise individuals from time gone by. It says here, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. I want to remind you today that God's word will profit you. It'll profit you in your relationships. It'll profit you in your career. It'll profit you in your Christian life. It'll profit you in your family. It'll profit you in your marriage. Why? Because God's word is profitable. What's it profitable for? It says here, for doctrine. What's doctrine? Maybe if you're new to church world or new to studying your Bible. uh, Let me just put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Doctrine is simply the teachings of God. It's profitable so we can understand what God wants us to know. Doctrine is so we can get the mind of God, so we can understand the heart of God. It's profitable to help us understand his word. It's profitable for doctrine. Notice what else? It says it's profitable for doctrine reproof. 
There are times where the way we are thinking, our attitude, our values, those things that are important to us, aren't aligned with God's values. There's times where our motives aren't aligned with God's motives. There are times where our thinking is not aligned with God's thinking. And so the Word of God comes along and it, it reproves us. All right? It, it tries to get us into alignment. What else is it profitable for? Notice, for doctrine, for reproof. Thirdly, for correction. In, in much the same way, those of you with children, and there were times where maybe your children were uh, heading in a direction through their thought patterns or through their attitudes or even through their behaviors. And as a loving, gracious, merciful parent, you would come along and you would try to steer them in the right direction. You try to correct the course, the path that they were on. So God, our Heavenly Father, through the grace of His Word, comes along and He, he comes to correct us. It's profitable. I know it's not always comfortable, but it's always profitable. Goes on to say here, it's profitable lastly for instruction in righteousness. It's profitable. It helps us to be instructed, to have the mind of God, to get the heart of God, to know his desire for our lives, to know his heart for our future. It is profitable, which leads us to our first thought this morning, and that is this. God's word challenges our life. God's word challenges our our life all right now if you're new and we just went through this right now and and maybe you're having a hard time kind of understanding what we were just talking about doctrine reproof correction instruction righteousness and you're having a hard time getting your head around that a little bit let me give you a simple easy way for you to remember what we're talking about right here all right as we're talking about god's word challenges our lives all right so doctrine if you want to write this down it might help you doctrine that's what's right doctrine that's what's right reproof that's what's not right all right reproof that's what's not right correction that's how to get right (laughs) and then instruction in righteousness that's how to stay right did you catch that what's right what's not right how to get right how to stay right the God's word challenges us in what's right. It challenges us in what's not right. It challenges us to get right. And it challenges us to stay right. God's word challenges our lives. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 4, verse number 12, the author of this particular passage under the inspiration of Scripture uh, points out something very interesting. Now, to give you some background here, we're not 100% sure who authored the uh, book of Hebrews, all right? Uh, many scholars and theologians believe that it could have been the Apostle Paul because of the style of writing seems to be very similar to some of the other uh, Pauline epistles such as Ephesians and Philippians and some of the pastoral epistles here in First and Second Timothy. So many scholars and theologians believe that it, it quite possibly could have been the Apostle Paul, but we're not 100% sure. But the book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish people who, while they believed in God, were not 100% sure that Jesus Christ was actually the Messiah. And so the Apostle Paul, we believe, wrote out the book of Hebrews to help convince the Jewish 
people that Jesus was more than just a good teacher. He was more than just a good man. He was the promised Messiah. And so he's speaking to who Jesus is, and he's speaking about the word of God. And in chapter number four, verse 12, here's what is written. It says, the word of God is quick and powerful. That's what we're talking about this morning. The word of God is powerful. Notice this. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Back in ancient biblical times, uh, one of the weapons that were used when the soldiers would fight enemies was one of these two-edged swords. They were incredibly sharp, and they could do some huge damage out on the battlefield and cutting away and, and destroying and killing. And so the Apostle Paul is going to use this metaphor, this visual picture of a two-edged sword to help us more deeply understand the power of God's Word. And notice what it says. It says, he says it's like a it's like a sharp two-edged sword what does it do piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit where a physical sword would cut away at flesh would cut through bone this spiritual sword has the has the ability to cut through the soul and the spirit now For those of you who want to try to get an understanding of what your soul is, it's made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so what is being said here is the Word of God has the ability to cut through your your mind and your thinking. It it can just cut through it. Your your will and your emotions, it it can cut through your emotions. It It can kind of discern what's true and what's not true. It goes on to say, it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, God's Word, like a sword, can cut things away that you might not be able to cut away from your life. Maybe you're here and there are some things in your soul that you've been trying to put away. There's some things you've been trying to rid out of your life. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how dedicated you are, it doesn't seem like there's anything that will get rid of it. Uh, Maybe for you, you have some patterns of thinking And you've convinced yourself that this is what is true. And and you know it goes against the word of God, but it's just ingrained in your thinking. It's ingrained in the way you kind of process the world. And the scriptures say, hey, God's word, it can cut that thinking away. It can It can chop away old belief patterns. It can chop away old motivations. Maybe you're here and and you find yourself motivated toward things that uh, pull you away from your relationship with Christ. Maybe you crave things that you know are not healthy for you. Maybe you would go as far as to say you're addicted. You, You can't stop yourself from wanting these things. And the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, this is why the Word of God is so great. This is why the Word of God is so powerful because where you fail to cut some things out of your life, where you have failed to remove some things from your life, God's word can do it for you. It can cut away some of those false belief patterns. It can chop away some of those motivations and some of those cravings that you have, some of those desires that are deeply bedded in your soul. The word of God can cut those things away in ways that your self-discipline and your willpower never could. Why? Because God's word challenges our lives through these things. It can cut away things that you've not been able to cut away for years. That's the power of God's word. It challenges us. 
Uh, when I was in high school, I always enjoyed playing sports. How many of you played some sports, ladies, guys? You played some sports in high school. And, and uh, I've told the stories before, but I was not very big uh, when I was in high school. I was, I was rather small. Uh, some might even say somewhat puny, but I enjoyed it. I just, I really, really liked playing. And, and probably as a uh, sophomore or junior in high school, I was right around four foot nine. I remember when I was, uh, I think it was just before I turned 17, that I finally hit the 100 pound mark. You know, I was, I'm weigh 100 pounds now. You know, I was, I was super excited about that. And I was, I love sports, but I just wasn't super great at it. I had one of my friends one time and in, um, in high school, he says, hey, you, you know, you're kind of small, and, and I know maybe you don't feel like you're good at these sports, but he says, you know what, you would, you, you know what sport you'd be really good at? I said, yeah, you know, I was getting excited. I was like, well, he said, you would make a great horse jockey. And I was like, what in the horse jockey? <laughs> you know, have you ever seen those little guys, you know, they're riding on the horses? I thought, there ain't no way I'm going to be a horse jockey when I grow up. And so I would try out for different sports, and we would play different sports. And I remember on one occasion, uh, we played some basketball, and, and one year we had a coach, his name was Mr. M, all right, and that's what we referred to him as, and he'd come out and coach some of our sports and things, and uh, he was the real deal. We had had some coaches, and they just let us mess around, and we could kind of just shoot hoops and kind of do whatever we wanted to do, uh, but Mr. M was the real deal. He was a coach, and he was going to be a coach, and so when, when he was coaching us, he'd make us like actually run laps, and he would make us actually, you know, do push-ups and run drills. And honestly, from kind of having other coaches that kind of let us do whatever we wanted to do, having a coach that kind of challenged us a little and, and kind of pushed us a little, I'm going to be quite honest, it wasn't very fun. You know, and after a few weeks of having to run these laps all the time and do all these calisthenics and doing this and doing that, it just kind of wore down almost to the point where you kind of begin to wonder if this guy even liked you. Did, did you guys ever have a coach and he pushed you so hard or maybe a teacher that challenged you so much you started to wonder, I, I wonder if this teacher, I wonder if this coach literally has it out for me. You've ever had a teacher like that or maybe a coach like that? You just felt like, man, they must really not like me. And I, I kind of thought maybe that was the case in this experience. And, and one time we kind of talked to him about it a little bit and he said something along this line. He says, hey, I'm not challenging you to make your life miserable. I'm not trying to make your life hard. But basically he went on to say, I want you to experience the very best you can once you get out onto the court. You see, he wasn't challenging us to make our life miserable. He wasn't pushing us physically so we would just have an awful life. But he wanted us, when we got out on the court, to be prepared. So that we could experience the very best when we got out there into the game. In much the same way, your heavenly father does not challenge you through his word to make your life miserable. Your heavenly father loves you. He cares for you. He adores you. And he allows the word of God to challenge your life through doctrine and proof, correction and instruction in righteousness, not to make your life miserable, not to make your life awful, but when you get out into the game of life that you would be prepared and you would be ready to experience life and life more abundantly. That's what your heavenly father desires for you. He doesn't want something from you. He desires it for you you. It was John Piper who said it this way. The human heart does not replenish itself with sleep. The body does. If I need to be replenished, I'll eat some food and I'll rest. He says, but not the heart. He says, the heart replenishes itself with scripture. Scripture. 
with Scripture. Why? Because the Word of God, it, it challenges us with doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, and it can make an impact in our lives. As we uh, yield our spirit, as we surrender our soul to the Word of God, and we receive God's Word by faith, we have a promise that it will make an impact in our lives that, that can't be made through simple willpower or self-discipline or our own devices. The word of God, it challenges our lives, verse number 16. But then I see something else in verse number 17. Notice what it says. It says, all scripture, verse 16, given by inspiration of God, is profitable. Why? Verse 17. That the man, we could say woman or Christian, the man of God, may be perfect. Here in this passage, my Bible reads, truly furnished unto all good works. So we're challenged by the word of God, verse number 16. But then verse number 17 here, why? That we may be perfect, that we may be, unto, that we may be furnished, that we may have the resources unto what? All good works. So not only do we see that God's word challenges our lives, but secondly, we see today that God's word changes our lives. Now, I know I've said this before, but it resonates so deeply with me that I feel necessary to share it again. If the word of God, the scriptures, if the Bible simply demanded that we change. If it simply said change. That would be highly discouraging. I mean, how many of you, if, 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 if that's all you had. was just God saying, change, grow, be better. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm trying and I just, I can't. How many of you have been there before? Like, I, I want to. I try, but I just feel like I fail. If the word of God only demanded that we change, that would be highly discouraging. But the fact that the word of God actually changes us, that's encouraging. That, that God's word is quick and powerful. That God's word does do an impactful, life-changing work when we come to a place where we yield to it, when we surrender ourselves to it, when we, by faith, receive what it has to say into our lives. God says, no, I'll allow my word to do a work. Like a, like a surgeon's knife cutting away the cancer so the knife of God's word will cut away those things from our soul, from our mind, from our heart that seeks to destroy and corrupt us and his word will change us. And that's super encouraging to know that, oh yes, the word does, doesn't just demand that we change. It actually facilitates the change. As we yield and surrender and receive it with a spirit of faith. God's word changes lives. Now, according to verse number 17, it does this in two ways. If you're taking notes, feel free to jot these two things now down. Two ways in which God's word changes our lives. First of all, I see here, by changing our internal beliefs. It changes us on the inside. Notice what the scriptures say. That the man of God may be perfect. Notice this. Thoroughly furnished. This idea of being thoroughly, thoroughly furnished from the inside out, we're furnished. We are given what we need 
to become who God desires and destines us to become. We're furnished with it. We're given it. We're we're entrusted with all the resources through God's word to actually change. Why? We're we're being thoroughly furnished, notice this, under all good works. Anybody in this room struggle in your good works when it comes to your Christian life? You struggle with some good works in maybe your marriage? Any of you here maybe struggle in your good works as a parent? You ever struggle in the good work of forgiveness? Do you ever struggle with the good work of, of just being of gratitude? The good work of patience? I don't know about you, but man, I, I need to be furnished with the grace to do those good works that the Spirit calls me to. And what encourages me is that the word of God equips me. It furnishes me with everything that I'll need. Why? Because this is not just an old, archaic set of ancient writings. It's a living, breathing, alive word that cuts to the heart and changes us in ways that our self-discipline cannot. How does it do it? it, it by changing our internal beliefs. You see, uh, God starts his transforming work on the inside first. That is to say, God, when he's doing a work in your life, in parenting, in marriage, in your Christian life, he doesn't start with the externals. He doesn't start with your behaviors and your actions and your words. He gets to the heart and starts with your patterns of thinking, your beliefs, uh, your values, those things that are important to you. He starts with your motivations and your cravings and your desires. He starts with your inner life. And that's where the word of God starts. It starts by changing you from the inside out because... If you go the route of religion and try to fix yourself on the outside without letting God's spirit and his word change you on the inside, if, if you just, oh, I'm going to walk the walk and talk the talk and dot my I's and cross my T's and do everything I'm supposed to do and say everything I'm supposed to do, but that is not founded on the deep work that the spirit wants to do in your heart and in your soul, your actions, those words will never last. Eventually, what you do, how you behave, and what you say, eventually it's always going to come back to what's in your heart. This is why the psalmist says, guard your heart, because out of it flow the issues of life. You see, the Spirit recognizes that it is from the heart that our words, our actions, and our behaviors flow. Which is why the Word of God starts with furnishing, with equipping, with working on our heart. It's an inside-out job. Psalms chapter number 51 verse 6 says this. David is crying out to God and he says, Behold. I know you desire truth, notice this, in the inward parts. In the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. David recognized it's more than just how I behave. It's more than just the actions that I do and the words that I say. He's saying you desire truth in the inward parts, on the inside. 
You see, and that's where the word of God is always going to start. It is going to challenge your patterns of thinking. It is going to challenge your values, what's important to you. It's going to challenge your desires and your cravings and your lusts. It's going to challenge those uh, motivations that you have, the values that you hold on to, and the priorities in your everyday life. The Word of God is going to start to cut away in those areas by changing our internal, our internal beliefs. Um, this week in our connection group, we had the opportunity of getting around and, and just talking a little bit about how God's Word challenges our lives. And we had one individual who shared, and, and I asked for permission to share this with this group, and this individual said that it was okay, so I will. And she began to share with us how God's Word has been working in her life as she's been coming to the church here about, about a year or so now. And she relayed to the group for the first time. We hadn't heard this as a group. This was the first time she had shared it with us. She said several, many, many years ago, she said, I was raped. And she said, for years and years, I have struggled with anger, and bitterness, and hatred. She said, I've tried, I tried everything to get over it. She said, it just, I just couldn't. Nothing I tried, nothing I did, the, the bitterness and the anger and the hate just, just continued to well up. She says, in the last year, year and a half that I've been tending the church here, God's showing me so much about his grace. I'm learning more and more about the power of his word. And she says it was about six or nine months ago, she said she was out on her patio with her Bible, reading through the scriptures, spending some time with the Lord, abiding with Christ, doing what we talk about here, just being with Jesus. And she said she came across that verse where the scriptures say, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, or revenge is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And she said it was as if the word of God in that moment just cut through her heart. She said instantly as she just received that by faith, surrendered to that reality, she said it was like a knife began to cut away at the bitterness that took root in her heart. The anger, the, the hurt that had been there for so long, she said it was like it had been just cut away. And she says, for these last six months, it has been such a wonderful thing to be able to live without that weight on her life. When we talk about God's word changing lives, that's what we're referring to. A, a church can't do that, an, an institution. The personality of a pastor can't do that. A psychologist can't do that. But the word of God coupled with the spirit of God received in a spirit of faith, God's word can do that. God's spirit can accomplish that. That's what we're talking about. You see, God's word changed something on the inside. She said it was amazing as God, and I allowed God to cut that away. It's amazing how it just changed my countenance on the outside. 
It just changed the way I, I saw the world around me. Everything outside changed when I allowed God's spirit and his word to change something inside. That's how God's word works. It starts on the inside first, changing our thought processes, changing our beliefs, changing our values, changing our priorities. It wants to do that if we'll simply receive it, if we'll simply surrender to it, if we'll yield to it, if we'll let God's word do it, it will change us. Thoroughly furnished. God says on the inside, thoroughly, I want to give you, I want a resource, I want to furnish you with everything you need to be what you need to be and to do what you need to do. God's word changes our lives, one, by changing our internal beliefs. And then secondly, it changes us, secondly, by changing our external behaviors. Notice what it says, end of verse 17. Man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished on the inside, what? Unto all good works. You see, God's word will equip you and empower you to the good works to serve your neighbor and to serve your family and to serve your church. It will enable you, it will empower you with everything that you need to serve and to do good works to those around you. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 9 says it this way. How shall a young man cleanse his way? How, how do we get to a place where we're performing good works? How do we cleanse ourselves from anger and bitterness and uh, gossip and all these things that seek to be a cancer corrupting us from the inside out? How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. When we yield to God's word, later it goes on to say, How shall a young man cleanse his way? Taking heed thereto according to your word. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against God. You see, when you allow God's word inside, you receive it by faith, it'll change you on the outside. You see, my friends, you're not doing God a favor when you read your Bible. You're doing yourself a favor. I mean, for reals. It's not like God's like, whoo, good, I got him to read a passage this today. It makes me feel so good. It's not something he wants from you. It's something he wants for you. He wants to use it to change your life. So, we have our 40 days in the word challenge. You say, why are we doing this? 40 days in the word? Here's why. Because personal Bible study should be your spiritual meat. And church sermons should be the supplement catch that what you do on monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday in the word should be your main courses what you get on sunday mornings at eleven thirty that's the supplement this is like those, some of you take those multivitamins in the morning that's what these sermons are they're your multivitamin but the real meat happens between you and the lord in the word on a daily basis that's where that's where, that's where that's how you're going to really grow if we become one of these churches that think, well, I came to church, I listened to the sermon, I must be really spiritually mature, you're going to totally miss the boat. It would be the equivalent of all of us getting together every Sunday and heading down to hometown buffet, gorging ourselves with food for an hour, and then be like, all right, we're good for the week. 
How many of you realize after a few months of that, we would be extremely unhealthy? <laughs> Just eating once a week. Well, it was a big meal, and it was very balanced. It's, it's, it's not enough. In the spiritual realm, getting one big meal a week on a Sunday morning is not enough. It's important to gather together, to corporately worship, to pray together, to spend time feasting on his word. It's a part of what God calls us to. But if we're going to be mature believers, if we're going to become a mature church, it means the majority of us are going to have some personal time with God through his word. And that's how we'll grow. And this will be a great part of that journey, these Sunday morning gatherings. But it will be the supplement, not necessarily these main courses. Sometimes every once in a while we'll have somebody come through here. I just, just, man, I just feel like I'm not growing anymore, not just getting fed. I don't know. Maybe I'll find somewhere else, church that will feed me a little bit more. And, and you know what? There's probably sometimes some truth to that here or there, whatever the case may be. But here's what I'm going to say. Nine times out of ten we'll ask those people, okay, I, we understand. Uh, how, how's, how's your relationship with God going? Have you been spending time in the Word? Well, we're not doing that, but we're just not getting fed here. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, but here's the point. This is supplement. Are you in the word? That's where, you, that's where the deep feeding, the f- deep growing, the deep maturing. And so we want to help you with that. As, 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 a, as a church family, your connection group leaders want to help you with this. Deacons and staff, we want to we rally around you and equip you and resource you and do anything we can to, to help you grow. So we put some stuff together, and we've got some things that I hope will be a help and encouragement with some devotionals, and we're going to read together the book of John, the book of Romans. We're going to memorize some scripture together through connection groups. We're going to keep each other accountable and encourage one another in these ways, but we can't do it for you. It's a decision you have to make on your own, and I hope that you'll come to a place where you'll say, you know what, I'm going to allow God's word. I'm going to receive and allow God's word to change me from the inside out. Why? Because God's word changes lives. Don't miss next week. We're going to spend some time not just looking at God's word as is, uh, is powerful. We're going to see that God's word is reliable. It's going to be a great time. Uh, don't miss being a part of this series. I think it'll be a help. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.